comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Well, we thank God. We're still praying. It's wonderful to have you join us for this powerful time of waiting on God. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's time for us to bring our personal supplication, our personal expectation for the month of May into the hands of God. The Bible says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you shall receive them and it shall be given unto you. So I want you to open your mouth. And lift up your personal expectation, every expectation of your heart for this month of May. Present it before God. We serve a God who hears prayer. We serve a God who answers prayer. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we present our needs. I present the need of every member of the church, every member of this assembly into your hands in this month. I pray that, Lord, there shall not be any lack of any form in the life, in the life of our members, in the life of our church family. In the name of Jesus, in this season, watch over every life. In this season, preserve everyone in the name of our Lord Jesus. Let our going out and our coming in be preserved. In the name of Jesus, every issue lifted up in any house, in any room, in any office, in this fast, as an issue of concern, let them be answered speedily. In the name of our Lord Jesus, your word declares that by terrible things in righteousness, you will answer us. Answer your people in this season. In the name of our Lord Jesus. The Lord God, he's a son. The Lord God, he's a shield. He will give grace. He will give glory. And no good thing would he withhold from them that walk upright. Open your mouth and boldly ask. Any good thing you desire of God, any good thing you expect of God this month, communicate it boldly. He's your father. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Lift up your voice and continue. Speak to God. Ask him to step into that matter. Ask him to intervene in that issue of concern. Concerning your life, concerning that of your family, concerning anyone, in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible said, Blessed be God who daily loaded us with benefits. 
the benefit of God for you in May shall not pass you by. In the name of Jesus, in this fast, every one of God's benefit that has been released on your behalf, it shall be yours in the name of Jesus. It shall locate you in the name of Jesus. Strange favors will attend to you. Strange doors will open unto you. God will watch your step. God will preserve your going out and your coming in. And in this season of the pandemic, you and your family shall be saved in the name of Jesus. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family in the name of the Lord Jesus that God will watch over you and preserve you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Andi bakata kade bakaso Abraham de kasua legelele bekasu brede bekete Abraham dasa magaboko shegelele bekante kali Abraham desi pele ganto kali Abraham de gezo gele anda labakato gele anda labaza yegende de boko sabra de vakati gali anda labaka lift up your voice and you know thank him wave your hand as a as a sign of victory wave your hands wherever you are watching and praying with me at this time wave your hand as a sign of victory as a sign of answers god has heard you answers are coming your way testimonies will attend to you in every area of your life this month in the name of jesus and so in the name of jesus i decree speedy delivery of answers for you in jesus precious name in every area of your life, in every, in every issue of concern, testimonies will attend to you. In the name of Jesus, so it shall be in your life. You are blessed. Amen. Okay, so we want to continue our teaching which we began yesterday. We are looking at understanding times and seasons. Understanding times and seasons. Go ahead, share the video with someone, invite a friend. To come and join you, understanding times and seasons. Come with me to Second Thessalonians chapter three, two, verse one to three. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one to three. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet Him. Let us clarify, and that's basically what I'm seeking to do with this teaching on end times. I'm just seeking to bring a clarification on some of the things that you may have read maybe on social media listen to on social media or maybe some message somebody has sent to you like maybe a whatsapp somebody has sent to you about any of those issues that relate to the end times. That is why I'm spending some time to walk you through this teaching so that you can get a better perspective from the scriptures about how you ought to relate to things like that. Sometimes people tell you, tell me, Pastor, I have this dream about the end time. Sometimes people say, oh, I, I received this uh, revelation about the end times. They are all good. God speaks to us in visions and dreams. But you must understand that for every vision and every dream God gives you, you have to find scriptural basis for it. If you can't find a scriptural basis for it, it's not worth holding on to it. And it's important, and particularly in the times we're living, when there's always, like I said yesterday, every time there's a pandemic, people quickly want to, or there's a challenge, or a crisis, or a plague, people have always related it to the end times and to the second coming of Christ. And so we need to understand it from God's perspective. How do we have to re- how do we relate to the second coming of Christ? 
what is should be our attitude towards the second coming of Christ. Basically, that's what I've been seeking to do. And like you saw, Apostle Paul said that I need to clarify. So it's not only me who is trying to clarify. Even Paul, the great apostle, needed to bring some clarification to the church of Thessalonians because the church of Thessalonica was a church where a lot had been said, a lot had been taught concerning the second coming of Christ. And after Paul taught them, some people also stepped in and they were trying to say all kinds of things. So if you read the tone of his letter, he says, I want to clarify. Why? Because some people had brought some things to him and he needed to clarify. He says, don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say the day of the Lord has already begun. Isn't it amazing? In our times, almost every time, when people say things that relate to the end times, they always say it to kind of provoke you to fear or become agitated or become worried. That has always been. So if you think that it's only happening in our times, you lied. In Apostle Paul's times, it used to happen. People were out saying all kinds of things. Paul said, don't be alarmed. Don't be shaken. Don't be worried about people who say things like that. Then he says, don't believe them. That's important. One, don't be shaken. Number two, don't believe them. Don't believe them. I had a dream. I had a revelation. And, and the rapture are taking place and you didn't go. How did you know I didn't go? How did you know? Whether I will go or not is not for you to tell. God will not show that I will go or I will not go to you. Paul said, when they bring their revelations and visions, don't believe them. Then he says, even if they claim to have, have a spiritual vision, because usually that's what people used to say. With the exception of a few cases, I mean, there are people who genuinely have encounters, visions, and all of that. But there are a number of people who sometimes, after eating and getting food, they begin to dream all kinds of dreams. And they bring it your way, trained to put fear and all kinds of things into you. Get a right perspective. Get a scriptural perspective. He said, don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say. These are strong words. Don't be fooled by what they say. Because you see, when it has to do with the events of the end times, people have been fooled. Many years ago, there were people who felt that the second coming of Christ was near. Some of them had property. They sold it. They sold it. They had houses. They sold it and said they were going to wait on a certain mountain for the second coming of Christ. They waited. It didn't come. And they had to descend the mountain and come back in poverty and penury. That shall not happen to you. It's important. The, the believer is supposed to relate to the second coming of Christ in a specific way. And scripture and joins us, gives us clarity on that matter. And that is what my teaching is designed to help you even in these times. He said, don't be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. The one who brings destruction. So, we said in our earlier teaching yesterday that Apostle Paul related the second coming of Christ to four things. One, he related it to our salvation. He related it to our service. He related it to our stability. And then he related it to sorrow. How we have to relate with all of these things. Today, we want to continue. Two aspects of the coming of the Lord. There are two aspects 
of the coming of the Lord. When we hear the second coming of the Lord, some people actually uh, talk about other things. But I believe that from our study in the book of 1 Thessalonians, two aspects of the coming of the Lord stand out very clearly. The first one has to do with the rapture. The rapture. There's a first coming of the Lord. And the rapture has to do with when God is coming for his church. When Christ shall come for the church. Two aspects of the coming of the Lord. The first one has to do with his coming for us. And the second one has to do his coming with us. There's a first coming of the Lord. Where he will come and rapture us and take us to where he is. And there's a second coming of the Lord. Where he will not be coming for us. He will be coming with us. And pastor, where are you getting all of these from? They are in the Bible. I do not want you to be ignorant. This is Paul, brethren, concerning those who are falling asleep. Lest you sorrow as others have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that though that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, who by no, will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now, it means that there are people who will be alive when Christ comes. Some people will die. And others will be alive. Apostle Paul, when, at the time of his writing, he felt that he was going to be alive when Christ comes. But he died and Christ has not come. He says, verse 16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Take note. The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17. He says, verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. So take note. This coming, he is not coming for you. We will meet him in the air. So the meeting is not on earth. The meeting is in the air. We will meet him in the air. That's what the Bible says. That is what we describe as the rapture. The word rapture does not appear in the scriptures. But the word rapture comes from a Latin word rapto. Out of which we have rapture. And it means to be caught up or to be seized or to be taken hold of or to be claimed as one's own or property. That's what it means. He said, then we who are alive and remain. So first of all, when the first, the first coming, when he comes, there are those who are dead in Christ. They will arise first. And then those of us who are alive, we will also be caught up and we shall go up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. And the Bible says, when we go there, we shall be with him. You remember, Jesus talked about this. He says, I go to prayer, please, for you. And when I'm done, I will come for you. That's what the Bible is talking about here. He will come for us. So the first coming has to do with his coming for us. The second coming has to do with his coming with us. This is when he's coming with us. Look at that. He says, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Verse 6. Since it is a righteous th- thing 
with, with God to repair with tribulation those who trouble us. Verse 7. And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Alright? In a flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God. And on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. And from the glory of his power. Verse 10. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints. And to be admired among those who believe. believe Because our testimony among you was believed. Now, this is after the seven year tribulation period. This is when he's coming back to reign with the saints. This is the second coming. This is where he's coming with us. So he comes for us and then he comes with us. That's very important. Those two take note. He comes for us in the first coming. The second coming, he comes with us to conquer and to reign. Now, there are four important responsibilities four important responsibilities that the coming of the Lord puts on us. Four important responsibilities that I believe that every time we think about the coming of the Lord, these are things we need to really keep in perspective and think about deeply. And I'll be teaching on these, each of them. The first one has to do with our responsibility to wait. The first thing as we think and we walk through the coming of the Lord, think about these things. The first responsibility has to do with wait. We need to wait for the Lord. You remember the story of the uh, ten virgins. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. And it gives us an account of how we ought to wait for the coming of the Lord. So the first has to do with our waiting. The second one has to do with our working. The second has to do with our working. I think we should read the first one that has to do with our waiting. I really want this to be some kind of a Bible study for you where after I'm done, you take time and you read. That's why I'm giving you reference after reference so you take time to understand it. He says, For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we have to you and how you tend to go from idols to serve the living God, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his son from heaven. You are a serving Christian. You are a worshiping Christian. But you must be a waiting Christian. You must be waiting for the Lord. Don't just live your life anyhow. Don't just live your life as if Christ will never come back. You need to appreciate that Christ will come back. And because he will come back, you and I have a responsibility to wait for him. The second responsibility we have as far as the second coming of Christ is concerned is to work, 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 work. We see that 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10. Because of the first things some people had brought to the church of Thessalonica trying to say that the coming of the Lord was so eminent. It was so eminent. It was as if it was happening tomorrow. And you know, that's what scripture actually makes it know. Because we do not know the hour the coming of the Lord can happen in the next minute. It can also happen in the next thousand years. So while we wait, we need to work. 
We should not just be there and say, oh, the Lord is coming, so I'm, I'm just going to resign my faith, sit down, and just uh, not do anything. That is unbiblical. That is a wrong way to relate to the coming of the Lord. He said, for even when we were with you, we commanded you this, that if any will not work, neither should he eat. I told you yesterday about how some people in the church of Thessalonica decided not to work and just to sit idle and wait for the coming of the Lord. Apostle Paul gave clear-cut instruction. So, for we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busy bodies. These guys refused to work under the guise that they were waiting for the second coming of Christ. And they were busy bodies, gossiping, moving heter scatter because life is such that if you fail to work, Satan will find you something to do. And one of the things lazy people do a lot is to gossip. Now, those who are sat, we command and exalt through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. So first, we must wait for the coming of the Lord. Two, we must work while we wait. And then number three, we must watch. We must watch. We must watch. All these were things that we can pick from the church of the letters to the church of Thessalonica. Look at First Timothy 5 verse 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Verse 2. For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Take notes. The day of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord shall be like a thief in the night. Now, because it's going to be like a thief in the night, just imagine that uh, some thieves or some armed robbers, God forbid, write you a letter they will be visiting you on the 10th of May. The moment they give you a letter, if you love your life, you love your family, you love your... I'm sure that you go and hire some police officers. They should come and stay in your house with you. Those who are fearful, very fearful, they may even leave the house and let the police officers watch over the house. That's how we ought to be doing. Because we are not sure, we are not certain of the exact date. Jesus said the hour and the day, no one knows. The sun does not know. The angels don't know. No one knows except the Father. And because we don't know, the best we can do is wait. If you are waiting for a flight, to catch a flight, and you don't know the time, but you know the flight will come anyway, and they have told you, wait, the flight will come. If you decide you want to go about or uh, and do some shopping at the airport, by the time you come back, the flight is gone because you don't know the hour. And it's also important that we understand we have a responsibility to watch. You must be a watching Christian. Severally in scripture, we are told to watch and pray. He said, be sober, be vigilant. This is a time for us to be watchful. When we see, particularly when we see some of these signs taking place, this pandemic is one of those signs. And it's a sign that must call us to watch. It must not stop us from working but it must keep us more alert. If you are not watchful, you must be more watchful now because the, the sign of his coming is very close. So, we need to watch. We are told in Luke chapter 21, verse 36, the New Living Translation, he said, keep alert at, at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape. 
Say, keep alert. What? We need to watch. And then number four. While we wait for the coming of the Lord, as we work and watch, we must be witnessing. That's very important. We must be witnessing. If you look at the Thessalonian church, right from day one, they were committed to witnessing. We are told, and now the word of the Lord, and from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out. So that, so that we do not need to say anything. That was a church that was witnessing. Everywhere people heard about the Thessalonian Christians. May I ask you, do people hear about your faith? Do people hear of God from you? Are you the type who confront people with the word of God, with the gospel, in any medium, in any, on any platform that you get? Your old school platform that you are on, do they know you are born again? Have you shared some of these church videos with them? Do you share? That was a church. He said, from you, the word of Allah sounded forth. As a Christian, the word of God must be going forth from you. That is the kind of Christian you ought to be. Because witnessing is one of the vital signs that will precede his coming. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations and then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel. You and I have a responsibility to make sure that the ends of the world, they get to hear the gospel through every medium. In this lockdown period, when you watch the church video, share it with people on your, on your Facebook wall, on your various platforms, old school platforms, every avenue, get people to hear about Christ. These are times where we need to be more aggressive in our soul winning endeavors. Invest. This is not a time to be keeping money in your pocket. This is a time to give towards the spread, preaching and the spreading of the gospel. Those of you who are part of our Air Force, the Lord bless you. This is the time for you to sign on and be part. Guys, give and take the word of God out. This is the time. This is the moment. This is the season. So, four major responsibilities we have with, regard, with regards to the second coming of the Lord. One is to wait. Two is to work. Three is to watch. Four is to witness. And I pray that the grace of God and the wisdom of God will rest upon you. God will help you to be a faithful watcher. God will count you worthy to be a faithful witness. God will give you grace to stay faithful to the call. God will give you the grace to wait and endure to the end. May the Lord help you. May the Lord keep you in a steadfast position of waiting. May the grace of God keep you. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. And may the wisdom of God rest upon you even as you work. May the grace of God be upon you. And may the anointing to wait and watch rest upon you. May you not be like the foolish virgins. Five foolish virgins who were okay but missed it because they were not ready. May the Lord keep you ready for his coming. In Jesus' much less name. Maybe you just watch this broadcast and you are not born again. You want to say, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want to give my life to the Lord. It's my privilege to lead you to the Lord. It's my privilege. You can't wait if you are not born again. If you are not born again, I don't know what you are waiting for. The only thing you can be waiting for is judgment and eternal damnation. 
But I know you don't want that. And you want to say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to the Lord. I want to be born again. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, put your hand on your heart. Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I believe with my heart that you died for me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I receive grace from you to live for you and to wait for you. Help me, Lord, now that I'm saved, to wait for you, work for you, watch and witness for your coming. Thank you for your grace that has been released upon me. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. I think we should pray a little. You want to pray and ask God for grace to help you wait faithfully for him. Some of us have become careless. We are no longer watchful. We have become so engrossed in the things of our world that we are not, we are no longer looking towards his coming. We are not watching for his coming. And you want to pray and say, Father, help me. Help me. Help me to become more aggressive. Help me to be more aggressive as so winner. Help me to become a more alert water. Help me in the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the grace, the discipline to wait for you, to watch to wait and to work. We honor you and we bless you for it. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. All right, it's time for us to honor God like you had. It's a time where we need to give everything we can give. Pastor Afuaka has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory success and limitless prosperity to get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by pastor afuapa please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor afuapa on facebook twitter and instagram you can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any further information. Log on and be part of our power-packed online services live every Sunday for our celebration service at 9am and every Wednesday for our discovery service at 7pm on Facebook and YouTube using the handle Faith House Charismatic Chapel International. God richly bless you. Faith House Chapel.